Eurovision. Welcome to Eurovision, a podcast with a unique Irish perspective on the Eurovision Song Contest. 12 points. Ireland. Oh, Hello everyone and you are very welcome back to the Airvision podcast. Connor and Lou here, we're bringing you a cheeky bonus episode, <laughs> aren't we Connor? Throw it in midweek or ah, why not? into the, the madness. Of the month, yeah. Eurosong month, of course, January. This has been a big busy, 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 busy month for us and it will continue to be as January goes on. But We've had this episode in our pocket for a little while and it's just too good not to share. <laughs> really, I believe so. Uh, Connor, it is just so wonderful to be here together. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> As we are joined on the podcast by an Irish Eurovision legend the only person to get us over the qualification line in quite some time <laughs> since 2013. It is the one, the only, Ryan O'Shocknessy. Yes, I can't believe I'm saying that. Connor, I don't know if the listeners will realise, but this episode has been like months in the works. Yeah, months in the works. and Nearly uh, like eight months or something. Since we met one? Ryan. Wow. Because Jesus. we had a chat with him when oh, we met May, him. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, you must yeah, come yeah, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will. Like, make contact with me. May, and we yeah. said, listen, we'll do it over the summer when your vision's over. It didn't quite work out over the summer between scheduling and whatnot. But Ryan, in fairness to him, was really persistent. Like, no, no, we'll make this happen. We'll do it in person. Big shout out, as always, to the podcast studios, to Dan, to Julie, to everyone in there who has been accommodating us. You've been so brilliant and it's just so lovely to get these interviews done in person. Little bit of quick admin from us though, you know, these podcast studio recordings would not be possible without the support of the listeners of the podcast. We really want to thank you if you've been supporting us in any way on so, so on social media, online, streaming our episodes, giving us a review. But of course, most importantly to our Buy Me A Coffee supporters, you're keeping us going in terms of equipment and definitely in terms of booking uh, this studio space to have in-person interviews without your support on Buy Me A Coffee. That simply wouldn't be possible for Connor and I to facilitate. So we're going to shout out a couple of you now at the beginning of the episode and a few at the end. And yeah, we won't keep you long here. We're going to get stuck <laughs> into the right of shock of the episode, but small bit of homework Adam, that has to be done. First of all, on Buy Me A Coffee, I want to give a big shout out to Louise. Her ad is Drama Lamas 2. 
uh, the message says, from one Louise to another, and you too, Connor, you guys <laughs> always brighten up my workday when an app drops. And it's so lovely to feel like we have a well thought out Irish perspective on all things Eurovision now with a love heart. What a beautiful message. Thank you for that, Louise. Give me the Louise. And do you know something? Louise sent me a message on Twitter last year and I think I told you about it at the mm-hmm. time Connor it honestly made my day she was saying like hey just wanted to reach out I'm Louise another Irish Eurovision fan I also love Lavenda from Spain <laughs> and I was just like I found my twin so Louise <laughs> I'm dying to meet you in person so when the day comes let's make sure we say hello please and thank you again for your support and buy me a coffee Gary has said keep up the great work guys Gary thank you for your support thank and you Gary Thanks a million and to Owen Curran for supporting us and buy me a coffee. Owen says, thanks for the great content, guys. Can't wait for Eurosong season. With well lots of exclamation marks. thick of it now, Jesus. We're in the thick of it. So we'll call out a few more of you towards the end of the episode. Gervmahagot, thanks so much again for supporting us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There. But Connor. Yes. I can't believe it. We, we're about to embark on this journey of a chat with... Our 2018 representative. I know. I can't wait for it. I actually can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been really buzzed about this. Like, honestly, it's taken us a while to get it together and to make it happen. But I think it's been worth the wait. This is, this is one of my favorite Eurovision episodes ever, actually. Jesus. It's up there. You're picking it. You're picking it. Honestly, it's like top five. It's up there. It's like, it's a solid, yeah, it's on the podium. I love this episode. I can't wait for people to hear it. I think it's a really interesting Ryan has so much to say. This is well worth a listen. Yeah. So without further ado. I'll let you introduce it because you picked it up. Yeah, <laughs> you I'm fire so ahead. You I'm fire so ahead. excited. Okay, everyone. <laughs> without further ado, please listen and enjoy this chat that Connor and I had with Mr. Ryan O'Shaughnessy. Hello everyone and Fulcher Rush to the Airvision Podcast. We are here with a fantastic guest today in the podcast studios in Dublin City Centre. He is a brilliant singer-songwriter, performer and probably best known to our listeners as a fantastic Irish Eurovision artist. Please welcome Ryan O'Shaughnessy. Welcome. (laughs) How are you? I'm great, yeah. Thanks very much, yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. What have you been up to of late? Just relaxing. Drinking some beers, eating some turkey, you know, enjoying the Christmas. So, um, yeah, it's been a really nice kind of chill, relaxed time for me over the last few weeks. So, yeah. The good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Connor and I met you back in April in the embassy. (laughs) We feel very posh when we we say that. We were very posh that night. We were like canopies. Champagne flutes. Long Mm -hmm. glasses. The glad rags on. The works. You were telling us like you were up to a lot of cycling and charity work and stuff like that of late. Yeah. So when was that? That must have been in around April. End of April. Yeah. Yeah. So at that time I was organising the trip that I do annually to... Lehinch, well, we did it backwards this year. So we actually did Galway to Dublin this year just to mix it up. But over the last three years, we've raised like 50 grand for Scary's Youth Support Services. So they provide early intervention counselling for kids that, you know, just need to talk to someone. So it's like a free service. And they've branched out from just not Scary's now, but like North County Dublin. And they've stretched the age group up to 25 instead of like 20. So, um, yeah, they've I think they've got maybe... 10 or 12 people within the therapy process um, at any given time. So, you know, that's a really, that's and it's a fun trip because 
it's a good excuse to get all like your mates together and just cycle across the country and have a bit of crack. So it's a win-win. That's amazing. So that's that's what I was doing in. I think we did it this year in like at the start of May. Um. So yeah, it was really fun, but it was like hard to train for. You're doing. 160 kilometers the first day and then 120 or something the second day to get across the country so maybe i can rope you into it for next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need to start training start now training now yeah, start yeah. training in three weeks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we first met you back in 2012 when you were on the voice of ireland and britain's got talent um can you talk us through that experience what was that like um yeah i was actually only talking to someone about this the other day and it's funny I was in a bar the other night. My friend was playing, and he got me up to do a song. And someone said to me afterwards, "Oh, you're you you're the guy who was on Britain's Got Talent." And I I forget sometimes that like people know me, you know, from from doing that. And um, at the time, like I was telling them at the time, I really felt like I could do well in it. There was like this positivity within me that I was like, if I can get on that show, like onto Britain's Got Talent, if I can get onto that, and I can get like a YouTube clip maybe people might see me on a YouTube clip. And like the way Susan Boyle's clip went viral, I think that was like the start of things yeah. kind of mm-hmm. going viral and stuff. So that was my goal. I just set that goal of like, right, I'll get onto the stage and I'll hopefully have like a YouTube clip. And it worked out. So I didn't really know what to do after that. I just kind of went with the, the like rolled with it after yeah. that. And it's all it's all like looking back at it now, it feels like a different life. It feels like um, a different lifetime. But, um, but the process was, it was intense. Um, it was I wasn't prepared for it I was really nervous and I didn't I wasn't prepared for people knowing me on a scale that they did and like recognising me on the streets and stuff like that it was all very kind of intrusive at times Um, and yeah I think as I said like I I wasn't really emotionally prepared for it or like I was young I was 19 Mm. um, still very naive to the world so um, but yeah it, it kind of it grew wings and I got signed then with Sony and I was able to do a record with them. I learned so much about the industry within the first kind of year of doing that. And here I am today talking to you guys on the podcast. And like, so everything, everything rolls on from, yeah. from one to the next. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my process with that. It must have been a crazy time because, you know, back in 2012, it was kind of the height of talent shows and millions and millions of people watching these shows and to go on, like you said, 19 years old. And you also performed your own song in your Mm. audition phase as well. So So that um, that that must have been mental. The idea I had was I hadn't seen anyone perform their own song, but you hear people going on saying, I'm a songwriter. Mm -hmm. But I think they weren't allowing people to like because covers were just, you know, more attractive, I think, to the viewer. And I remember on The Voice, they wouldn't let me play my own song on The Voice. And that's why I was like, well, maybe Britain's Got Talent will. And it was in around the same time. And they did. Um, And that was a gamble for them, I think, because no one had really done it. And uh, and it played out, played out well for them, played out well for me. Definitely. And you had a story with that song, I remember, Mm. as well. Like, you were getting headlines. And as you said, the video was pretty viral but I think storytelling is something we'll probably come back to with you because your Eurovision entry definitely tells a a beautiful story of course Eurovision runs in your family Mm. Ryan so your uncle Gary was our entrant in 2001 yes would that be your earliest memory of Eurovision or how how far back can we go there thereabouts Um, yeah I don't I can't really recall much before that I remember sitting in front of the telly 
and being allowed to stay up late from the age of like five or six. But when my uncle did it, my parents actually flew over to Copenhagen. So I think we were with my grandparents and there was a moxie load of us and we were all watching my uncle on the telly and we were like, this is this is wild, you know. Um, and still to this day, like he does karaoke on <laughs> Christmas time. That's brilliant. Right, so he brings over his speaker and his microphone. We're all waiting for him to come and he's usually the last one in. His family is usually the last one in. We're like, all right, here we go. Gary's here. Karaoke be getting on. So, um, so yeah, that was probably yeah, one of my earliest Eurovision memories. And did you kind of, after that, continue to grow and love Eurovision or did it kind of take a back seat until you decided to go and do it yourself? I think it was my mom. So my mom for years had like a dream of doing Eurovision. So she, and my mom's a great singer and uh, but she never really had the opportunity or the different things like never really lined up for her to, to do it. But it was always, you know, the way everyone has like a little underlying dream. I'd love to do that, you know. Mm. So I think I was always listening to her talking about that and yeah, like singing rock and roll kids with her in the car and stuff like that, you know, growing up, driving around. Um, so it was always there for me. It was always like something like maybe I could do that at some stage. Um, and then when the opportunity came to write the song for Brendan Murray, so he was 2017, um, I got a brief in front of me from um, a publisher and I sat down with Laura Elizabeth Hughes and Mark Kaplis and we were like, all right, let's try and write a song for for Brian or for Brendan. And at, by the end of the day, we were all like, whoa, that's like that's probably a good song, you know, and Louis Walsh didn't want that song that year. So the next year comes around. And to be honest with you, in 2018, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm doing now with my career. You know, I don't know where this is going for me personally. And. I remember talking to my girlfriend at the time and we were walking around the Phoenix Park and we were just talking about it. I was like, maybe I'll try something else. Maybe I'm going to do move on and do something else, maybe with music or who knows, you know, but maybe it's time for me to, to make a change. And I get a call to say the song has been chosen for this year and we need to find a singer. And the first thing that was said to me is like, Ryan, would you do it? And seeing the lack of success of Irish acts for years, I thought, oh, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. The song is good. I know that. Maybe we can find a singer. So I made some calls around and I was looking for people to, to that might be interested in doing it. It might be interested in singing. And then after about a week, we realized that like we couldn't, there was no one really interested or people who might not have the same vocal range that Brendan had because it was written for Brendan. Like mm -hmm. that's why it's so, that's why mm. it's so high. And, um, so yeah, so I end up talking to a few of my my closest people in my life, and you know they they kind of advise me, Ryan, why not just give it a shot? So yeah, and then I suppose that that dream that my mom had and that I was that was kind of underlying there for me kind of came true, and I was able to to go and represent the country. We were drifting like two icebergs out on the ocean. I was doing all I could to keep you close. There were troubles in the water You swore it was nothing You said that we would always stay afloat Why would true love look me in the eye and lie, lie? I thought we'd be together till we
so interested in Ryan's Eurovision story, but equally, like, as a side note, like, your mom, like, can we get your mom <laughs> to Eurovision at any point? That like, would be, I don't know if she'd do it now, <laughs> but, um, I'm invested maybe a duet, a duet between you two. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Lovely. I like me and my mom, like, we do sound great together. Like, we do, we, we sound good, we can harmonize, we've got that, like, family synergy going on there, so. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I wouldn't rule it out. Anything can happen with Eurovision. Exactly. Exactly. But back to Eurovision, of course. Lisbon 2018. So many Irish fans, and I know us personally and so many people listening are so eternally grateful to you for your beautiful performance, beautiful song. And also, on top of that, a great result. Mm. Our only qualification in, in quite some time. Can you run us through the whole creative process of getting it ready? For Lisbon, you had a beautiful music video. You kind of had a, a campaign going with it mm. when you were in Lisbon. How did all that come about? So when I said to Michael, I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, but if I'm doing it, I want to make sure that I have the creative control because I, for other projects I've done, like I set up my own label and I've, I've, I've put out different songs and different music. But I, I really think there was an opportunity at Eurovision to not just make the song sound good and but there's an opportunity to like put a positive message forward too and I didn't really know what that was going to be at the time but I just said to him like leave it with me if I do it though I want to make sure that I'm not um just like a a toy for other people to decide what to do with Mm. and as well just from an artistic perspective I just wanted to make sure that I that I stayed true to myself and that I wasn't um trying like being something I wasn't Mm -hmm. So um, I was actually on tour in the States with an Irish trad band with dancers and all that type of stuff. And I had meetings in the evening with Michael and different people just on Zoom or or first thing in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I'd have to wake up and, and do this in a hotel in back hours of nowhere, Kansas <laughs> or wherever it was. Um, and the whole thing came about with the with the cake. I remember being on a on a, a Zoom or a, can we can we add context to this? Okay. Just in case, do you mind if I read out one of your tweets? Yeah, no, okay. no problem. So, just context for the cake because this could mean many things. Ryan, you tweeted in May basically your feelings about the delegation and mm. our result. Um, you said in 2018 when I qualified with the song together, I stepped in as creative director after refusing to emerge from an exploding cake and pushed hard to have two male dancers on stage with me, which was a hard sell at the time. So you're referring to a meeting about the cake. Yes. We're so curious about this. Yeah. Right, so so um, with all due respect to Michael, it wasn't it wasn't his idea. And I think that tweet might have come across in the wrong way. So it wasn't mm. Michael's idea, but there was a creative director uh, hired by RTE to you know do the project. And I had a meeting with him and on on zoom and the whole time he's talking about you know so i'm thinking you come out on stage and there's like you know you you don't know where you are but then there's dancers around you and next of all like there's a cake and you come out of a cake and this whole time i'm kind of sitting on the zoom and I, i didn't say anything the whole time and then afterwards i called michael and i said come here i said i don't know if that guy even listened to the song i don't think he understands like what the song is about and and who knows what the what was really behind that. And it, it might have just been like a first shot in the dark idea and maybe there was room for like changes and stuff. But I just said to Michael, can I write up a storyboard? Yeah. And then I can, I can send it to you and see what you think. So that's exactly what I did. 
I sent it to him and he, go, and he went, yeah, well, you know, if, if you think this is good, then we'll go with that. But the first thing that needed to be done was the music video. And I remember sitting up late one night on tour with some of the other musicians and stuff like that. And I had an idea and I said, I don't think anyone's ever done this in Eurovision. Like, and it's such a gay event. I don't think anyone's ever had two same sex dancers having like a romance or like some sort of romantic interaction on stage. I said, I don't think it's it's been done, which is really weird, really yeah. strange to me. A bit like the way in Britain's Got Talent, no one had performed their own song, you know, that type of way. So um, Christian Tierney, the videographer, I got onto him. He loved the idea. And I had Kieran Connolly as a choreographer. And he got the two lads. And this happens while I'm on tour. Mm-hmm. So I, I gave them the storyboard. They did all the work. And uh, the video was done. And Michael had said, come here, we'll do it on the video. And we'll see how that goes. Because... If it doesn't go well, then we won't take it to stage. But of course, people saw it and they were impacted by it. And Christian Tierney did an amazing job in that video as well. Beautiful yeah. video. Beautiful he's, video. He's great. He's always my go-to. He hates when I call him. I'm like, Christian, I want a video done. <laughs> he's like, Ryan, I do photographs these days. So um, so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how that came about. And when the video did well, we said, right, let's just take it to stage. This is like, obviously people like it. Let's take it to stage. And... To be honest with you, I always, I liked the song. I've always liked the song. I still do. But I think without the the project and the message that we were trying to send of love is love and Ireland are like a progressive country and we voted for same-sex marriage. I think without all of that, the, I don't think the song would have been strong enough to really get us to the to the final, if I'm honest, you know, because... There's there was plenty of great songs that year, especially in in my semi final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, a really strong stacked. year. It was stacked. a really really that strong particular semi final. We had Fuego, we had Toy, like yeah. so many big big songs. Yeah, yeah, and songs that you still hear now being played on like RTE or like you know, yeah, they That's still it. play them. So, um, so yeah, I think I really get invested in things. Like when I when I say I'm gonna do it, I'm just like right. This is I I eat eat breathe and sleep it. So um, yeah, I was really happy that the video did well, and that like this vision was able to to like travel the distance it did to the point where you know China had um, their rights were revoked for playing the the show, um, or sorry, because they blurred out the the pride yeah, flags, yeah. so their rights were revoked on the day of the second semi final, I think it was, and. Um, and then Russia, something happened with Russia as well, where they had like a something with their commentary or after our performance or something. Was it? Like yeah, that. yeah. Like, I, I, I usually get this wrong. I, I, someone told me that they had like a day of remembrance or celebration for the, for the military or something on that day, and they didn't show my performance until after the watershed, which, oh. which also goes against Eurovision rules because yeah. it yeah. has to be shown live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that there was with that message that we put forward and with the teamwork and everything that we, you know, put like a little like jab in the side of two superpowers. That's it. You know? yeah. And as well, you know, you have three minutes to make an impact. And like you said, you certainly did with, with that performance. And yeah. it was a performance that we'll remember, remember for years to come. And yeah. uh, and it was a massive team effort, like a, a really, really big team effort. 
um, and that team this that year like we still have a great group chat and it's like even this year is like Happy New Year and stuff being thrown into it so it was a really good really good team that year you definitely saw when you qualified the the team you know yeah. everyone yeah. jumping up everyone was happy it wasn't a, a sole effort and uh, yeah. it it probably took a lot because like you said it comes after years of unsuccessful you know entries at Eurovision and to have kind of the weight of the nation on your shoulder to yeah. finally get us into the final and I want to talk to you a bit about the odds because the odds were really interesting going into it we were 17 16th in the odds to qualify mm. and then after we qualify we shot up to third so what was yeah. that in the kind of space of those few days going on in your head like definitely like the ego took over a little bit and it was like we can do this mm-hmm. like oh my god we could win this you know and then it's really humbling and on the day of the final to like really be like okay like we did as the best we could you mm-hmm. know and like to really just accept that but on the day of the semi-final i remember sitting beside mark Kaplis and because we were last to go through were we second last last or last last, or we were last. last. Yeah. yeah we'll say it together yeah is what the yeah. Says. Oh, yeah let's say it together oh my god shall we say it together danny we should say it together we should say it together let's create a little suspense first Like, yeah. that never registered with me you I gotta always think shaking. of that video as well of your man I don't know if you've seen it but it was the, oh, the yeah. guy yeah. reacting screaming yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah sitting at home on his couch <laughs> yeah thinking it was all done and then oh, one brilliant. more yeah yeah <laughs> oh there's one more there's one more that's one one more I remember turning to Mark Kaplis and being like, I was like, oh no. I was like, he didn't, he didn't do it. And he grabbed my hand. He's like, Ryan, don't, don't like lose hope here. Don't lose hope. And I had, I had completely accepted defeat at that moment. And that like, I'd say that would have been such, such a hard feeling, you know, if, if we hadn't had got through. So for all the acts that have gone through and had to sit there through the semi-final voting and for not to not have gotten through, like my heart goes out to them because mm-hmm. I, yeah. I felt that for that few seconds of like, oh my God, this is it. We didn't do our country proud and it was like... It's not your own name. You've got the country yeah. banner beside yeah. you and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a so different that's, kind of pressure. that's a weight. Like it's a weight on the shoulders. Um, But yeah, so we, you know, Cappy said to me, no, Ryan, don't lose hope. And, you know, we got through in the end, so... And the nation backed you all the way then after. Yeah. I, I lost a lot of my friends a lot of money because, you know, they, <laughs> they were all, all jumped the in like as soon as we got through. That's some, a real Irish mentality, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Some of them still don't talk to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, the final then, what was that like, you know, to, to perform in the Eurovision final then and, you know, thinking, oh, we have a chance of, of winning? Yeah, I think like, I, I thought that we have a chance of winning, but also I was like, we've already won in a way like yeah. we, we've the message has been put across exactly um we've done ireland proud in a way um and yeah we got through like that's my 
like in the Britain's Got Talent when I said, right, if I can get to the stage and get a video on YouTube, I'm happy. It was a bit like that with the with the Eurovision. I was like, if I can get through the semi-final, I'm happy. So I think we just enjoyed the the few days between the semi-final one and the final. And yeah, just kind of soaked it all in. Um, and there was definitely a feeling. I remember after this, because the rehearsal of the final is the judges, the jury vote. Mm-hmm. And I remember Michael coming up after the the jury vote uh, uh the rehearsal um, performance and he was like yeah it was, it was good but like it wasn't great you know like that that's how I uh, the, the the vibe I got off him was like it wasn't it wasn't really that great and I remember not being able to hear myself very well and I actually don't watch back the final performance either because my voice definitely wasn't as good as I know it can be and there was something to do with the, the sound on stage because in the arena you have to have your in-ears mm-hmm. like really well tuned in order to to know how how you're singing and with the backing track and stuff so it's a little bit embarrassing when I watch back in it and I'm like a little bit out of key here and there but I think the the rehearsal performance was even worse so um so it was I kind of knew after the the rehearsal performance right maybe we didn't get a good jury vote so I was like let's just enjoy the rest of it so you know. Still a great result. I wouldn't even notice though, as well. You're talking. No. I thought it was beautiful. But I think I'm said, always going to be my own worst critic as well. I think yeah. that's yeah, kind of how most people are. Yeah. But as you said, with the teamwork element as well, I always feel like with that particular entry, like the dancers, the pianists, like you all came together to make a really beautiful performance. When the two lads came over the bridge, I always get goosebumps when yeah, I see yeah. it. That kind of second verse, and particularly when the snow comes in, there was mm. just so many lovely moments. And I think Eurovision entries need a moment, mm-hmm. don't they? They can't just pass you by. Yeah, know, like there's minutes. there's how many countries? Like 30? Up to 40 up almost. Up to 40. Yeah. So I think like, there's 43 in your year. Yeah, that, so yeah. like it's... If everyone needs to have something that people can remember or stand out um, instead of just being like, yeah, just on stage, do the thing. But it need, you're right. Everything needs to have a moment. Um, and if the song isn't doing that on a on a listener scale, then it's got to be something visual, you know. Mm-hmm. I I don't think I agree with people who think it has to be more about the the show, more mm. about the the staging and stuff like that. Um, because sometimes the song is just strong enough. You know what I was listening to? Then I was listening to like Saudade, the the Portuguese. Saudade, Saudade, yeah. Like I can listen to that song like for days and never get bored. And I know the staging was nice with the girls standing around, but it was all about the song. Yeah. And then the Portuguese entry the year that it went to Lisbon, um, so 2017. Oh, the winner. The winner. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, Salvador. Salvador. Yeah. And like that's another standout moment for me as well. And it's not. It that was the song. That wasn't the staging. Mm -hmm. So I think if the song is strong enough, it can just be be simplistic but if the but if it's not it, then you need to add some sort of staging to try and like bring it up a it's notch it's a fine balance it's a fine balance yeah yeah definitely agree with you there so you have a lot of great ideas in your head what should Ireland do now that's the what big what do question. you think Ireland should do now <laughs> oh. well we have a two part episode if you want to go back and listen <laughs> plug that I have, I have listened <laughs> oh god have you? Um, I'm a big believer in internal selection personally I, I just don't think most of our national selections here have done us many favours I think we're more at risk of losing the better songs in that selection process 
I think if people have a vision, it can be difficult to do it in that late, late studio, really. Mm-hmm. It can really hurt their chances. And also, I think there's a lot of faffing around in January with, like, you know, getting a video together in time for, say, the Euro song. It's a bit rushed. But, mm-hmm. like, use that time to finesse the video, release it in March if you're not ready. Yeah. Use the budget for Eurovision. That's sort of my feeling on it, personally. Yeah. And yeah. the song, as you said, it has to be the right song. Yeah, I, think, I, I agree. I think the we can always build towards a national final, but ultimately I think just focusing on getting the right song and the right artist is the main priority, mm. um, especially for, you know, a country which is in the pits with, with Eurovision. Um, instead of faffing around, like you said, with six songs or, you know, trying to piece together a national final that isn't up to standard versus everything else that's going on across Europe. Um, just mm. focus on the song of the artist and that's that's all we can do and yeah. like you said do it as early as possible so you have that long run of PR mm. getting to the yeah. pre-parties talking to other countries doing PR in other countries as well um, I think that's the most important thing mm. and try and talk have a short list of about five artists on your list and approach each one of them and sell it like a business you know yeah. you might not win but winning isn't isn't mm. the you know the the big thing at the end you know mm. you can come 21st like Rosaline and have the biggest streaming song of Eurovision of all time you know yeah. so yeah, there's so yeah. many positives with Eurovision now and we see it so more and more so many European tours like yeah. the amount of them yeah. coming to Dublin Daddy Fair has been here like three times yeah. now like yeah. there's so many possibilities for people with it but I imagine it's a hard sell to artists particularly in a country as small as Ireland yeah yeah, I I agree with everything you have said. Um, what is the kind of perception of Eurovision in the music community? You know, it's still not great. It's still like you know, you do Eurovision, it's kind of like oh, you're a Eurovision acts now. So if there's more credible acts, you know, self built acts or whatever, uh, on a bill, and you're a Eurovision act, it might be a little bit more difficult to get on that bill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is. That's just the fact of the matter. I've had. Um, like you know, a couple of festivals say, oh no, we're booked out this year. And then I've heard from other people that it was because I was on the Eurovision. So for someone, for, well, let's go back to, um, you know, what I think like we should do. I think I agree with both of you. I think it needs to be done a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. I think we should have a song already now for next year. We should have an idea of what it's going to look like on stage, what the message is, what the project looks like, who's on the project, who's um, working on the team. And we should have uh, a PR plan, a radio plug plan for Europe. And um, I do think that the staging availability on the Late Late Show is probably not... It's not great. So you don't really get to see what it's going to look like in Eurovision. Mm. And a lot of the time it's like it's just it doesn't come across as very appealing to watch or or to view. And I think I, th- I think like it's it's probably 90 percent of people think this, maybe more, maybe 95 percent of people. So that should just be listened to, in my opinion, uh, if we really do want to take it seriously and and do something positive to change what the cycle that we're in this like vicious cycle of of all right you know like you know euro show on on uh rte and then russian things coming up to the main event and yeah it just it, it hasn't worked so like we should be really be looking at maybe changing that that's simple 
mm-hmm. you know, in my yeah. opinion. And like you said, a lot of people would agree, you know. Even people outside of Ireland. Yeah, well, know? tune in. Like last year was embarrassing, you know, midway through the national final free peanut butter for the <laughs> audience like that goes viral on Twitter like look what Ireland are doing and that's the first image people think of then when they think of the actor mm. oh I remember watching that and it was peanut butter given away you know it's, but I'd say a lot of money goes into that too like I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure how much but like even into the the Euro so what the, the national Euro song, Euro, Euro song the, yeah. the Euro song contest I'd say like a lot of money goes into that too and that money can just be used in other aspects like yeah. PR you know not RTE PR, but like uh, a good PR company outside of the the internal that can take the song and and do something with it and market it well around Europe. Because I don't think we've ever done that. No. And we you, probably did in the 90s or something. But You seem to have a lot of the right contacts, even in terms of like being able to make your music video while you were in, in the country and that sort of thing. Do you think you had enough resources yourself from your own career to kind of help you build what you did in 2018 was there enough support from RTE or do you think there's like a lack of manpower in there I think like I think RTE is like a very old institution like it's 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 got people in there and I've I've been in RTE since I was like eight so I know these things because I've seen it and even when it comes to wardrobe or stuff like that it's it's old-fashioned so when I went into it I remember a lawyer that I was working with at the time said get your own stylist from outside of RTE and get your own videographer, your own, like do do everything outside. And um, and I think that paid off because uh, there's definitely resources in RTE, but do you really want it to be, do you want it to be modern? Do you want it to be a little bit different artistically or or like like that institutional idea, um, the, the normal, what, what people in there might think is is the right way to go about things? like an outside perspective is always a good idea I think especially when it comes to something like Eurovision which is like global it's 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 a big thing mm. so yeah I think that's that's probably the way to go just and I and I had resources but I also used resources to get other resources to get people around you know so like the one or two people I did know was hey, were able to help me to get other people externally to come in mm-hmm. I think it's testament to you that you are such a creative individual and you know, you have a vision for what your music wants to be, you know, to, to other people watching and listening. And, um, I, you know, it worked out because we got to the final and that was your goal ultimately in the end. Um, what was it like post Eurovision then? You know, the like you said, it's always been a bit of a struggle with the perception of you being a Eurovision artist, even though you're much bigger than mm. that. Um, has that improved over time or is it still very much a hard sell? Um, I think that there's pros and cons to everything and the pros are I get enough work like from from Eurovision gigs so I'll go over to fly to Germany fly to Amsterdam like multiple times in the year and I'll do these events and I get to meet all the different fans and uh, clubs and stuff I feel like I'm a part of the Eurovision family which is deadly it's like it's actually such a cool group of people everyone's so nice Um. So I was in Liverpool for the last one there a few months back. That was that was really good. It was in October. Um, so I get enough work out of doing that. And then a lot of the time, because people in Ireland don't really follow Eurovision anymore, people don't really know that I did it too. So, it yeah, like the, you might get one or two people are like, oh yeah, because he was on the Eurovision, maybe that's not cool for us to, you know, have him on this bill or whatever. 
but no, the the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Um, but I will add that directly post Eurovision, it's all just over. So it's like you've worked your way months and months and months, getting four hours sleep a night and working all day every day to this goal, and then it's just like boom, it's over. And that for me was really hard. It was like really anticlimactic. Um, I just came home and was like, all right, so, you know, what's my next thing? Like, what's my next project? And I didn't know. I didn't have anything planned. I know I talked, I spoke to Brooke about it and she already had, she had loads of plans. She was like, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do an album. I'm going to go travel. I'm going to do um, a few different things. So she was, she had a, a really good uh, post Eurovision kind of plan, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like felt the blues of that, like the post Eurovision blues. And um, it took me a while to like really come back down to earth and be like, all right, I need to do something else now. I need to, you know, figure out a new project or um, yeah, just go do something new. So yeah, like right after Eurovision, there's no real aftercare. It's just like, all right, you did that now. Well done. Thanks. It's done. Goodbye. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. God. And on that note, what advice? Like I know we've touched on a lot of interesting things you've said but if you were speaking to an Irish artist now say this year going what advice would you give them um I don't know you know people always say oh just you know enjoy it do your best and like have a good time and but I really don't know like what advice I would give um stick to your guns like stick to your gut if you think you Mm. should do something your way like then do it your way and um believe in yourself I think would be a really important aspect of it like believe that you can do well in it um, and that power of the positivity which should should help you out and, and push you forward through it that would be it I think mm-hmm. I love the fact you said uh, you know that you love still being part of the Irish community and mm. we said it so much last year talking to the acts that it's so important how you leave the Eurovision community once your experience is over and mm. you know you're always part of it but the perception of you is so important afterwards because like you said years and years after you can still be invited back to events and fans love you yeah um just the whole fan experience how have you found that you could you know we're what is it four years five years on do you still feel as much love as you did back then or is 100%. it has it grown? Ah, 100%. Especially considered like you're still the only act for us to qualify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like um, definitely I felt it in Liverpool. Like the Eurovision fans, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, they all just want to like share you with love and, you know, get a picture, you know, say hi, ask you the question they've been wanting to ask you for the last few years. Um, there's so much positivity in the Eurovision family that I come home from these events just feeling like completely full like my cup is full like um so yeah the perception I think is the the exact same as the day I stepped on to the semi-final stage and you know represent the country I think people still kind of see that when when they see me at events and stuff like that um and I love chatting with different Eurovision fans at these things and like asking them the questions you're asking me like what do you think we can do different yeah. like um, and just getting their opinions on things. And again, a lot of the time when I say this, they say, you need to get rid of your national contest yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get, take it internally again. So, Would you have done your song if that was the no. selection? No, no, I wouldn't have done it. Fair just, I just, I just don't think it's, um, I just, just think it's, it's, it's for me. Um, and not even just the risk of not getting through it. 
it's just I don't like the visual of it it's not very uh, appealing so unfortunately I, I wouldn't but if it was an internal process like I I wrote a song a few years back um, for the Eurovision called Belong and I haven't released it yet because um, I th- I do still think it could be a good song for us and I know you can't go on with a song you've already released so every time I listen to it or every time I sit at piano and play it I'm like yeah like we should just we should just bring this just try this and see how that goes <laughs> you know what I mean mm. um, that leads I, me on to my next question would you come back ever <laughs> I'd love to I really mm. would um, like I don't know so I'm like 31 now and I was like 26 at the time um, oh you need so much energy for that and mm. it's only gotten kind of busier I think yeah. in the last three four More years the amount of pre-parties and everything yeah it's crazy yeah. yeah serious stamina needed yeah so I don't know I'd I'd really have to think about whether it'd be good for my health <laughs> but <laughs> but um, oh, but, you can always tap in and out though Ryan like, I know well that's it thing, not go to the other well, yeah, we don't want to discourage you from yeah, yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> no I, I, I would I would love to go back I would is it a case of like would you if you say like that wanted to go with that song or had the right song and felt really strongly about it would you approach the broadcast or IT and just pitch it and yeah. hopefully go internally is that well that's that was the idea for the last few years you know I've sent in um, this song in particular and with a little bit of a plan as well like the storyboard that um, that I was talking about so I have an idea in my head of how it might look or how it might come across and yeah, maybe maybe it's not for another few years or maybe when the time is right, it might be a good time. Maybe it's not the same song. Maybe it's a different song. But but yeah, I do really like this song and I think it would be I think it would be good. So you're hanging on to it for the moment? Well, yeah. Yeah, I am, you know. And I wrote it with... I actually wrote it with Eurovision in mind at the time. I think I wrote it the year after I got back and it all poured out fairly easily and quickly and yeah, I think it could be really nice. Amazing. Speaking of your further involvement with Eurovision, obviously after your participation, junior Eurovision. Yeah. You were around for Taylor Hines IOU, yeah. the music video. We actually oh, no. met Neve Kavanagh in here. <laughs> I I love that whole thing for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We had Neve Kavanagh um, in here with us a few months ago and she just was bursting with joy about uh, Junior Eurovision. What has your experience been with that with TG Cahir? Neve is great. So Neve has like this sheet of all her Irish... <laughs> she uh, brought it in for us. She, she brought it yeah. in for I, I, might, I might be getting it in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I needed it. So like, she gave a copy to one of the girls and I never even thought about asking her for a copy. But every time I go in to do the jury on the, the Junior Eurovision, I start to have like a mini panic attack <laughs> because I know I'm going to have to say like two words in Irish <laughs> before it comes across. And... Oh, I was never good at Irish in school. I always had like this idea that I'll never be good at it. And I, you know, you know, when you th- you think you you won't be good at something, you never will be. Yeah. So I oh, I always panic going in for that. But then when I was asked to do the IOU video with Neve, uh, I was like, well, Neve's doing it. it. It'll be a bit of crack. It'll be a bit of fun. And I remember the whole time, just being like, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? And then when I watched it. Oh God! I actually I, I I deleted that part of my my memory. Out. I'm so sorry. Lou's brought it right up. back. Lou's brought it right back for me. I love it. I love it. The fact that yourself and Neve are the parents, oh, but it's like so yeah. you could be her son. It's so ridiculous, you know. 
yeah yeah but I, I really enjoy doing it every every year when I get the call I'm like yeah you know let's go in and and and, and do the junior Eurovision but I think um I think it's a really important part of Ireland's Eurovision to have a really strong junior Eurovision because that's the next generation coming through of singers and stuff like that so so yeah it's it's nice to be a part of it do you or follow you it closely it, I don't really follow it closely no I, I I go in I listen to the to the different singers the day I'm in for the junior Eurovision stuff and and I, w- I don't really have a telly at home as well so I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it but I always get a call off my nana every year being like oh you're on the telly you're doing the Eurovision, <laughs> junior Eurovision again so yeah can always count on an Irish granny to update yeah. you on those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, a lot of fans would say that the junior selection is kind of everything that we should be doing and the support that they get and the the results really, you know, they haven't been amazing, but like last year we came fourth and mm. we're, we have an identity. And I remember you, in one of your tweets, you were saying that we have a language and we have a culture and we, yeah. we need to showcase the world that. Yeah. Um, can you just talk us a bit more about that? Like what... What would be kind of the like we like we haven't we haven't been doing great you know so why not just like try something different mm-hmm. again just mix it up get like an Irish an Irish act Osquelga like the Mary Wallopers or the Scratch or Lancome or something like authentically Irish to just just send them over get them mm. to just any of their songs just just do that um I actually wanted the Scratch to do it one year and I I I linked them up for a meeting in RTE. And they actually decided themselves. Ah, I don't think this is for us. But it, w- it was. Look at it you was, link it up. Yeah. People. You're like a mini headed But it was. But it was really close. And, oh god. And uh, yeah, I would have loved to see that happen because I love the scratch. That's gonna blow some people's minds. Yeah. I think. Oh my goodness, yeah. they're amazing. Have you seen them live? I haven't. No. Ah, they're deadly. Them. They're really good live. Yeah. And then you got Ryan Kelly, the legs, who comes out and like tap dances, yeah. and the crowd goes mad. Yeah, like if we just did something like that, it's that's oh, I'm like oh yeah, that must be Ireland, you know, it's recognisable. No that one that's else Ireland. has that identity. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, you go into the church in town like any weekday night, and they have the Irish dancers and the tourists are just yeah. enthralled. And yeah. we like I think as Irish people, we kind of see it and we go oh oh yeah, like there's the Irish dancers, but we maybe take it for granted that. That's really incredible art to other people. There's mm. a certain expectancy with, you know, the image of your country and particularly at, at a contest like Eurovision, you know, you tune in, you, oh, that's Ireland, like you said, or, mm. you know, you tune in, oh, that's Australia, that's, you know, yeah. mm. Portuguese, you know, entry. Oh, I can Portugal tell that straight really off. Good for yeah. That. yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't care what yeah. the song's like. It's just, that's their identity and they stick with it. Yeah, they're not trying to be American. No, you know? no. And I think a lot of, a lot of acts are like really American, like this American style like Katy Perry or like you know kind of modelled off American acts in yeah. a way and we've done that a little bit in our past too you know so yeah we we have something that's unique to us just use it that's that's my opinion definitely for anyone who wants it <laughs> <laughs> we definitely need a shock to the system I think yeah, you yeah know, mix it up wake, why not wake, wake us up a bit at Eurovision because yeah. we're we're sleeping beast I feel would you yeah. guys do it as a duo <laughs> If we could sing. <laughs> I'll do some terrible Irish rapping or something. Oh, Jesus. It could be God. like a three minute podcast, but like, you know, it'd be really, a really well written, like, you so know. So we're not going to sing ranching. a song, but we're here to tell you why you should vote for us. A That's little bit like a would. rap. Yeah. <laughs> Will you produce it, please? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have a think about it. Okay, okay. okay. Gas. Oh my God. Um, so, post year, what have you got planned? You know, what's coming up for you in the future? Obviously, a new year, twenty twenty four. Yeah. What What are you up to? Um. So, 
my next thing is I'm actually going away in my camper van for a few months and I'm going to travel around Europe. So like, Deadly. aside from music and work and stuff like that, I think it's really important just to like enjoy life mm. in general. So I really try to have a lifestyle that like is like 50-50 work and, and fun. So, and I, and come here, I enjoy my work too. So, um, that's the next thing for me. I'm just focused on, so I have a camper that I converted and I'm just focusing on like fixing some stuff in it and, and some of that and then heading off in a few weeks time. So that's what I have in the, in the meantime. And then I haven't too many long-term plans, whatever happens, happens. And I'm, you know, not too, not too future focused, trying to be a little bit more present. Amazing. Live in the moment. Trying my best, you know. And you'll be going around Europe in your camper van. There'll be someone in Moldova going, yeah, is, yeah. That, is that the Irish <laughs> yeah, guy? Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Like, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Stranger things have Would happened. Would you do any writing while you're traveling? Or Yeah, like I'm always writing and I'm always like tickling that creative uh, side or like making videos or whatever it is, doing something creative. Um, so yeah, I'll have my guitar with me and maybe I'll play a few gigs away. Um, but yeah, just kind of take it as it comes. Amazing. Yeah. And where can people find you if they want to keep in touch and follow your journey? Um, I suppose Instagram um, at Ryan underscore acoustic. And uh, I might just, I might put some videos up on YouTube or stuff like that. Um, and if anyone want, does want to get in touch, it's through Instagram. Um, yeah. So that's, or, or through my email, which is on my Instagram. So that's it. Brilliant. Amazing. Well, Ryan, thank you so, so much for joining us. It was great to speak with you and meet you again. Um, Best of luck with your your travels and uh, maybe see you on the Eurovision stage in the future again. Who knows? Who knows? And it was uh, great to hang out with you guys. I really appreciate the work you do for for Irish Eurovision, which is really important. Um, And hopefully see you again soon. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And there we have it, our chat with Ryan O'Shaughnessy, Ireland's 2018 representative. And what a legend, an absolute gent of a man. He is so insightful with the world of Eurovision, not only from his time as our representative, but also post-Eurovision with his involvement and um, keeping up and keeping tabs on what Ireland is doing. And like we said earlier, he's still the only guy to get us to the Eurovision Song Contest in the last 10 years, Mm. uh, the grand final, I should say. But... Yeah, lovely chat with him. Uh, yeah. Lee, what did you make of it? Oh, you loved it, I, I as think you said I was earlier. clear about that and in the beginning of the episode. I loved this. And you know, I don't know how you felt that morning, Connor, when we met Ryan, but I went home like feeling really full, you yeah. know? Like sometimes you just have these chats with people and they just kind of, they nearly like inspire you or they, they make you want to keep going. And this was definitely one of them. Ryan is one of, the main people I've spoken to since we've started the podcast who I feel really gets Eurovision. Definitely, definitely. There's people out there who like Eurovision, but maybe don't follow it in the same way that we do. I feel like Ryan is so on our wavelength. He dropped some really interesting things there. I mean, it did drop in 2020, if you recall, that Ryan had actually written together with his um, co-songwriters um, with Brendan Murray in mind, but yeah. it was really interesting for him to revisit that. And maybe not everybody knows that. So that's a really interesting tidbit. Um, he's written another song, Belong, 
but he seems really He's sitting keen on to release. Interesting that his last song was called Together and this song is called Belong. This is a theme. Belong together. Where <laughs> yeah. I found perhaps. Of course I had to make the dad joke. Um Yeah, no, I loved this chat. It was it was deadly. So many highlights, really. Um he touched on the exploding yes, cake he did, tweets, he did, he the did. infamous ones and yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, just a lovely chat. And like you said, you could just tell when you're chatting to him. And I'm sure you guys, when you're listening at home, can just tell that he cares so much about the Eurovision Song Contest. And it was so, you know, knowing kind of of Ryan beforehand, he talked a lot about, you know, the songwriting process. And, you know, he, he has a vision for everything and everything. He's, he's very much a perfectionist when it comes mm. to things. And you can tell that when he's speaking, how much passion there is for it and it's just not half-hearted ever it's 100% always with every single thing he does and you need that especially you know with the career he had he's had it's clear that it, it's there so yeah lovely lovely chat with him and um great insight into his headspace I'm so 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 obsessed that he you know continues to be involved with Eurovision in terms of keeping an eye on what's going on and also as well wanting to kind of make Ireland better and giving his opinion on that and I think more artists should do that because you know they've been there they've done it he's been there he's done it he's been successful in getting us to the final yeah so yeah he wouldn't Keep do your song that's a bit of a shame yeah I, I I know we spoke about it last episode of being like oh it's enticing more artists with you know more established kind of more established acts, really, to to take part in, in the national final. He wouldn't. Um, There's always going to be people who are put off that national selection element, I suppose. Yeah, I I think so. I don't know. It's a shame. I but... think he'd do well if he if he did ever decide to do the national selection. Um, yeah, definitely with the right song, of course. I think he would be a fantastic mentor for future Irish Eurovision assistant artists. head of delegation, definitely, or something yeah, along those lines, because really you need that think act. So knowledge of he gets it even pre-parties like there's so many things that go on before Eurovision that acts are just kind of thrown into it and it's like having that guiding voice of yeah you know you go to let's say London you go to London you do press in the afternoon you chill for a bit you have your mm. sound check x y and z Barcelona that's different because it's a three-day event you go to this on one night you go to this just having that little knowledge because yeah you know just throwing you in god your head be melted just thinking of all the you know, you nearly forget what country you're in at one point because yeah. there's so many national finals happening and, you know, pre-parties as well. So, But also, not only just pre-Eurovision, the fact that he was quite raw and said, like, post-Eurovision, yeah. he kind of was a little bit lost mm -hmm. by the sounds of things. And it sounded like Brooke had things fairly well mapped out based on what she said to Ryan. But he could advise people like, you know, have something in yes, place for yes. after your vision to direct your attention to because it is a really full on thing. It's a pure marathon and yeah. you'd be wrecked after it. I'm sure you definitely need like a couple of weeks to recoup afterwards, but it's good then to have another project yes, on the definitely. horizon to get like the creative juices flowing yeah. and uh, to keep yourself motivated as an artist. your own that mental be well-being as, yeah. well as well, you know, just to suddenly stop. And it's like mm. Ryan said, you just have all this months of preparation and it's just over. Mm. And to have nothing can kind be really, really, yeah. really hard on someone, you know. So um, from him being in that position, he could guide them to be, you know what, look, if you have this in place, that will be great for you. And then, you know, if you do well at Eurovision, more things will roll in and the ball keeps rolling. Whereas if yeah. you just stop, you're like, 
God, what do I do now? And you kind of go in a meltdown and that could send you one way, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. So important, so important. That, we see it more nowadays with social media and all that mental care that oh, needs to go into it is so after care yeah, into yeah, it totally. even during Eurovision as well it's so so important so to have that mm. guiding light throughout is so key and would be a great addition mm. I think for 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 a delegation Mentor particularly status or like something along particularly those someone lines. like Ryan where you can tell that he's so into that he and so clued on. in and so totally. aware of the the things that you've got to do to you know better yourself and that could be a part-time Gig, oh, absolutely! You know, it's like that can be on the two side, days a week or yeah. whatever. It could be, for or even just a being on the other end of the phone call. You know, yeah. just being there to be like, you know what, you can reach out to me, or like if you role of advisor, or like something like exactly, that. Yeah, I, exactly. I wonder. I, I'm sure there's cases with other even Eurovision countries where that's happened. Yeah. that's like a really interesting concept. Yeah. One maybe we must explore. But yeah, Ryan, if you're listening, we know you probably are. We're wishing you the best of luck on your travels. I'm yes, sure best of luck, Ryan. all of the listeners are as well. And Ryan, please stick around. We're big fans of you here. And yeah, thanks a million on behalf of the Eurovision podcast and all of the listeners for your time. So greatly appreciated. And of course, the morning Ryan gave us his time, we were lucky enough to meet him in the podcast studios, which you probably know the gig by now. Podcast studios would not be possible for us without the support of you, the listeners, on Buy Me A Coffee. Connor, are there any other people we'd like to say a Gurv Mila to? Yes, there are a few people that we need to shout out. Liam Costello is a Wexford man listening from Switzerland. Great podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Thank you so, so much, Liam, for your support. Stephen Lynch, it's Eurosong time. Thank you for keeping us all updated with all the latest Irish Eurovision news. You're quickly becoming the go-to Eurovision social account for me. Thank you so much, Stephen, for that. Declan Burke again. Thank you so much again, Declan. Loving the series this week. Guys, good tubbing. We are back in the Eurovision race. <laughs> As we love that. There. <laughs> and a final shout out to someone who supported us on Buy Me A Coffee. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, whoever you are. We really, really appreciate it. Extra and shout out to Declan because he's he is in keeping it. us afloat. Yeah. Thank <laughs> that you hard so much. hard coming thanks to you, Declan. <laughs> no, genuinely, lads. The storage is becoming an issue. <laughs> <laughs> we need the help. But thank you guys so much and to everyone else who has donated recently or thanks in the so past. Much. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, if you want to donate, you can visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Airvision podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Or go it, to our link tree. Or go to our link tree if you wish as well. And um, of course, alongside that, there are so many other ways of keeping in contact with us. You can get us on Instagram at Airvision Podcast, on can Twitter. Can I give one, sorry, Connor, before mm-hmm. you continue. Speaking of link tree, one quick more order of business before we head yes. out, which is at the time of listening, you probably have just enough time to go to our link tree and vote in our Eurosong public vote. We are doing an Airvision Eurosong jury so do go to our socials to our link tree and put a vote in for your favourite act we want to know who the listeners of the Eurovision podcast want to represent Ireland in the Eurovision Song Contest so this is probably your last chance if you're listening on the day of release if you're listening afterwards the vote has probably closed but that's just a quick shout out for anyone who is listening now on release day you probably have a couple hours left to vote 
Sorry, Connor. Back to <laughs> Back you. To I've socials. got my agenda sorted. <laughs> yeah, so you can catch that link on our socials. You can get us on Instagram at Airvision Podcast. Twitter or X is at Airvision Pod. You can get us on TikTok at Airvision Podcast. If you would like to send us an email, we love a cheeky email. Email us airvisionpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on threads at Airvision Podcast. Boo. I love just throwing that in. Um, and of course on YouTube for Lou's dad, please give us a subscription. Michael, 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 Michael. Michael's our YouTube manager. Definitely. And of course we've got six new videos on it as well Yuppa. because all the uh, Eurosong interviews are up there for you now. And so the check Ryan that out. episode will be. And the Ryan will be up there too. We've got to get Neve up as well. I, I yes, need to get her right in that lad. We will. Um, but yeah, stay tuned because we're getting back onto the journey to Eurosong with our next episode. Stay tuned. Final destination. Really good. Final Destinations, Late Late Show Studio. (laughs) (laughs) But we're building up again. Our panel will be back for another year. We'll have some special guests, some new faces, some old faces. Us two old lot will be back again as usual, but <laughs> we will Michal be... Me and Alex plus the pals of the Yes, pod. exactly, exactly. Woo. So uh, stay tuned for that. Also as well, guys, please, 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 if you have the time, please leave us a little review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It helps other Eurovision fans to find us if you want them to. So we would really appreciate that if you've got the time. But for the moment, until our next episode, thank you so, so, so much for listening as usual. But all we gotta say is Slong of Fall. Fall.